0: Welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. We're two sisters on a mission to entertain and educate by learning from women who live a purpose-driven life. Be sure to subscribe and rate our podcast. Hi everyone and welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. Today we have Claire Powers with us. She is the founder of Kindom, an eco-conscious and ethical fashion brand. In a world full of fast fashion, home delivery, and frankly, a lot of waste. I'm really looking forward to talking with Claire about sustainability, but also about her foundation of creating a fashion line that is inclusive and gender-free and really built around the virtue of love. So, Claire, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Oh, thank you for having me. You kind of the last the last line you did, you kind of hit the nail on the head. So that was mm. perfect. Yeah, I'm actually wearing a kingdom piece that has love, love hand painted on the sleeve, which is so cute because it's like a bomber button-up hybrid.
1: Yeah, yeah. I love it. And yeah, we'll talk about more of this convertibles later.
0: Okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, I think it's so important to hear stories about strong humans, um a little bit about their background and how they, you know, decided to start their own fashion brand, you know, skincare line, whatever business really calls to them. So tell me a little bit about who young Claire was. Uh, where the, well, go ahead. And where- Oh, just where your self-compassion really and like came from. Um, You know what? It's like, I think every kid
1: is born with compassion. I mean, you see all those memes, right? On online where- you know, in the grocery, this is a famous one, a grocery store where a little, you know, Caucasian boy is, is, you know, and with the mom, you know, with the back towards and and the little boy is reaching out. And then there's another mom, you know, looking at whatever these shelves are. And then, you know, the other little boy, an African American boy is reaching out his hand and they just want to play. They just want to get to know each other and play. They don't care about color or gender or what size you are or, or anything or age or anything, you know what I mean? So um, that's, that's what I believe. That's what I believe. Do I? Right. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, going into that, I think, which is why it's so important, um, whether you're a parent or a caregiver or a grandparent or an aunt or a cousin to be always in the kids' lives especially, you know, from zero to five years old, when they're kind of developing, I mean, there's scientific evidence, right, they develop the foundation, you know, of what it means to be a human being, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's so important to, to um, cultivate that, because that compassion can just disappear so quickly, like, right, you know, what happened recently, which is kind of sad, but um, anyway, so So I think I I was lucky enough um, growing up Catholic also and having a big family and a tight-knit family that the compassion kind of like, they kind of went overboard with compassion. (laughs) (laughs) I cry with everything. (laughs) You know, like that's, that's the kind of person I am. And I kind of, I'm instilling that you know, to my child. And hopefully, you know, she's super compassionate and and will grow up the same way, you know? So that's kind of like the basis, I think.
0: Yeah. Your environment is so important. Yes. Um, And putting the effort into creating like a an environment of love which is yes. huge yes so when you were growing up you're Asian American right uh-huh. Uh-huh. so how, did you grow up like with a like a different story in your mind or feeling different or anything like that um in in my my parents were divorced
1: uh when I was young mm-hmm. and for uh, the longest time where I felt was long my dad had custody of us and you know, we would sleep in the same bedroom. We all co-sleep with, you know, there's four of us, my little brothers. Um, And then my mom got custody of us. And, and, you know, that kind of changed the dynamic because that was also at the same time puberty hit me. Mm. And I know you work a lot with, you know, young girls, tweens, and it was almost like, you know, the universe, you know, it was good timing for me personally anyway, because all of a sudden, I mean, you know, we could talk about this, you know, I, I, I had my menstruation and, you know, I couldn't talk to my father about that, but, you know, I could talk to my mom about that. So like things happen naturally where I, I was in this, um, um, you know, both carrying cocoons. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and as, as I transitioned, I had the right, people around me to transition with so to speak yeah so you know that helped and I was very meek I was very shy um and then high school hit and I was in front of the class and I (laughs) told I was super shy you know coming from you know another country Mm -hmm. you know I mean English was not my second language I grew up with English you know at, at the same time but you know, it's 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 intimidating when all of a sudden you're not in your native language and when everybody's speaking English and it's fast. It's like, oh, so I didn't really talk much. Yeah. Talk really? You know, you know, yeah. and, and in my English class, um, I had a, a a teacher who was um also the the director of the high school speech club. Mm. And so she, you know, we were doing the exercises on the board and she's like you you're in front of the class and I can't hear you come. And I remember this, come over at five o'clock after school, you're joining the speech club. I'm like, okay.
0: And then after that, it was like, I didn't shut up after that. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. I love those moments of those people that kind of like redirect your life or like change you like one sentence. You could have been like, absolutely not. I am not going to, you know, like, or she was intimidating or something, but you're like, okay. Yeah. Well, it
1: felt, it felt, I felt scared for sure, Mm -hmm. but, you know, growing up the way I did with the family of risk takers, you know, it's like, you know what, I'm going to try it out. I'm scared to death, but (laughs) let's see. Sounds exciting. Speech club,
0: (laughs) you know, that was, that was that. That's cool. I mean, you're for sure one of the true trailblazers that we know. Oh, so how did you start? Like kingdom, and what made you what led you to start it Well, kingdom is actually my second brand okay
1: um my my you know you know with the whole compassion inside it just you know we're all we're all connected we're all connected right we're the same atoms um that you can find in in plants or in an ey- eyeglass or you know in this metal thing it just you know arranged differently and and whatnot um and in 2006, my niece was born, the so first girl in the family. And I drove to San Francisco, you know, I couldn't get away from work, but I drove to San Francisco, she was a week old. Mm-hmm. and I was holding her in my hands and I started crying. I was like, what am I doing with my life? You know, What am I doing you know, in this world that this, this child is going to grow up in? you know, and at that time, sorry, I'm like, off Um uh And I was designing for a lot of major brands and I've been to factories and, you know, you don't think about it when you're in it, but all of a sudden this light bulb popped in my head holding her. And, you know, I remember, you know, factories that I've, I've been at in China that smelled like urine, you know, for mm-hmm. example, and, you know, to us, it's like nothing. You just go, 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 get it at the cheapest price. But, you know, all of a sudden it's like, no, that's not right. So all these things that weren't right in the industry and and lifestyle in general was like, I I had to make a change. So I started my first brand in 2007, but the economy hit in 2008. Yeah. So, you know, that didn't happen. So I took, I took a break from the industry and then I went back hesitantly. Um, um, And then I met my husband and we we tried, you know, I met him late in my life. And so I had a hard time having a baby. We had a hard time having a baby. Um, so I quit everything, you know, because thank God we had two incomes now to pay for bills. Right. Yeah. And we had a little tiny apartment and, you know, we, you know, we, we were okay. We were doing okay. You know, we didn't drive expensive cars. I mean, you know, or anything like that. We didn't go out, you know, my aunt lived next door. We would get her <laughs> leftovers, you know, yeah. family, thank God. <laughs> So we had, we had a good support system to kind of build our own foundation and I got pregnant. She was an IVF baby and boom, again, held her in my arms, mm-hmm. I started crying. I'm like, I, I can't go back to the business. Yeah. I cannot, I can't, I just, you know what I did? I've been, I've been here before. This is my own kid. Now I cannot do the same thing that I did before. Hmm. So I convinced him, you know, to pull some savings. <laughs> Hesitantly, yeah. said, "I want to start another brand," and he thought it was nuts, you know, because yeah. you know those um, bio compostable bags that you have yes. there. Yes, that was my first big purchase for some for for the for Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hadn't I barely designed, I started sketching, I didn't design anything yet, but I but I knew it was gonna take time to find something that was not 100 percent plastic. I right. mean, bioplastic, compostable plastic, that's made from cornstarch that we okay. use. Mm-hmm. Um it's not it's not the most perfect one, you know, what I mean? yeah. because you need an industrial facility to compost it properly. You can't just put it in your backyard, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it's better. Then the the two cent, one cent or negative whatever cent you get for, you know, 2000 pieces of plastic that's not going to, you know, biodegrade and be around for the next thousand years. Right. So that was my first big purchase. And when the boxes came, he looked at me like I was like gone, like. (laughs) <laughs> is this postpartum disorder because this is expensive and this doesn't make sense all plastic bags you know? right? <laughs> and I'm like but it's not plastic you know yeah so um so because of another baby you know that's that's how I started in them because I just I went a little bit further or maybe a lot further and and this time I didn't even go back to the business I just went on my own out the gate running that's
0: that's interesting like the shift of your perspective because a lot of us you know we do have to take care of ourselves and our family so you could have easily gone back to the industry and just you know kept doing what you were doing but you were following that gut feeling and intuition like no I need to be a part of change yeah which you know it 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 takes a lot of courage
1: it was easy it was it it was it was easy because um I was laser focused, you know, it's not easy financially because I could have gone back to a six figure salary job, mm-hmm. you know, I was dying for Disney and major brands, BB Marciano guests, you know, um, you know, we, we had stuff in Europe, Australia, you know, and yeah. Nordstrom, Bloomingdale's Lord and Taylor. I mean, every, everything, everywhere for private label, everything for anything you we, I even did some kids and it was, it was crazy. It was crazy, but it was fast so fast and with a new baby. I didn't want to, I didn't want to go that route mm-hmm. because I wanted, um, the industry is, 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 is very fast, kind of nuts. You kind of give your soul to it. And a lot of people, you know, beca- become cat ladies or whatever. Right. Cause that's yes. just the nature of the business. And I, I wanted to put my family first and by having my own thing, i am able even though it's very challenging because i have to wear many hats i have to be the accountant i have to be this CEO. i have to be you know what i mean i have you know i have to be the cutter you know so it's 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 tough but i'm i'm happy doing it for for her yeah and for all the girls and all
0: the other kids all the boys and in between in the whole world that's beautiful yeah. I love one of your T-shirts in your line. It says, "Let's put the human back in humanity." Oh my gosh! I just wore that yesterday. Did you? Can you yeah. explain that a little bit? Like, I feel like we're so detached from from our true innate selves, or like from being kind to one another, or like spreading mm-hmm. love. So, what does that really mean to you? Putting the absolutely human back? right um, in
1: 2019. I had, uh, by, by early 2019, I had more of a fashion line because my vision for Kingdom is to take that fast fashion energy, but make it sustainable. So I didn't want to do boring clothes, you know, I wanted fun, exciting prints and stuff like that and, and fun shapes and three-dimensional, you know, flowing and yeah. bohemian, but do it sustainably. And I yeah. did, but. But it didn't quite, you have to tell the story of the product. It didn't quite have like that message that's in your face. So I said, oh, I want to do some t-shirts to kind of go back to the line. So I, I collaborated with my, one of my girlfriends has a son who has autism. And he did some artwork for me. So we did some t-shirts with his artwork. Um, and then I wanted to do some, some verbiage tees that's more of a, like a walking sustainable billboard that you can wear, Mm -hmm. um, which historically, you know, it always, it's always, it always makes a difference. You know, people stop like, oh, what does that mean? You know? Um, So, but I said, but my first t-shirt and it's my, it's been only my only t-shirt that I did verbiage on. I haven't done anything since because I keep like, you know, reprinting and reprinting it um, because it's so timeless. I, and the whole thing about being human like you said, it's all about love and compassion—not only to each other, but to be to be in a state of humanity. You also have to have, I believe, that same compassion with other living things. You know, right. plants, animals, the little roly polies that my daughter picks up. You know what yeah. I mean? She's so gently, oh, don't crash it, baby. You know. <laughs> so, um, um, and I said, you know, that's that's perfect. That's kind of like an all encompassing thing. So whether it's pride month, which we are in right now, um, it applies, right? Right. Let's put human back in humanity, whether you're talking about school shootings, which is so unfortunate. I cried so much in the last week, Mm
0: -hmm. let's
1: put human back in humanity. Mm -hmm. When, um, when, you know, political, you know, leaders are voting on, you know, companies and giving subsidies for this or that, or are we, are we going to stop, you know, um, um, in, in, I don't want to say invade, but it's kind of like invading, you know, sacred land, you know, to drill for oil. I mean, I know it's hard right now because oil prices are high, you know, what, what can you do And the bandaid is, yeah, we got to drill for oil, but that's not, that's not, that's not it. That's not the solution. Right. Right. Um, because um, we gotta, you know, step up on the renewables. But anyway, so it's like when when it's in those situations, the same thing. Let's put human back in humanity. Like let's put let's put respect back to the earth. Let's not yes. let's not, you know, rape its resources and we've got nothing left. We're
0: like barely hanging on with a thread, you know. I know. So it's yeah, let's put respect back in humanity. Yeah. There's so much that's being be human. Be yeah. Be
1: human and, and be compassionate. Being human is being compassionate. A robot, you could program it to be compassionate. We're like in the age of AI and the metaverse, but you know, it's being compassionate. It's not, that's the beauty of being human. So Mm -hmm. once we, we encapsulate that and really live our lives based on that, then everything is easy. Then, then you buy zero waste and you know, you You, you know go to the woods for, for, you know, for camping instead of, you know, some fancy place or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. you know So anyway, yeah. stuff like that.
0: Yeah. That leads me into my next little thing about how you give, um, indigenous artists a spotlight, which is a beautiful thing. And it really shows through with your prints and just your <laughs> whole collection. So why did you decide to do that? Like to promote, you know, jobs and also creativity and giving it you know like just really quick like wearing Uh your pieces like if anyone walked into a room you you're kind of making a statement yes you're not boring you're not basic you're not doing all nudes and you know all that stuff it's like you're really you have your own presence yes which is a beautiful thing and indigenous artists I know help with your lines. so can you tell me a little bit about that
1: well in my first brand I always had a uh, plan to work with indigenous tribes. I just never got around to because of the 2008, you know, market, you know, fall. Yeah. I don't even know what to call it. The
0: crash. Um, crash. Crash, and burn.
1: <laughs> crash and burn. Crash and yeah. burn. Yeah. Um, and, and so at least with kingdom, I, I, before COVID hit, I ramped up and built it in, in a place where, you know, at, the next I was able to go to the next step is which is working with indigenous tribes you know like you always you always try to you know pick the low-hanging fruit first right okay work with reclaim recycle fabric you know what's available
0: mm-hmm. and then the
1: next step is like okay we gotta we gotta travel a little bit we gotta get out of this box and 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 go to a remote area where you can only get to by boat right and and explore and talk to the people and and that was like my, my biggest ultimate goal is because we came from them, you know, they were the original weavers, you know, the big factories in the East coast or, you know, overseas with the big machines doing 10,000 yards a day, you know, it came from somebody thousands of years ago, putting some sticks together and, you know, some you know, cotton, yarn, making it into a yarn or, you know, husks from different plants or, you know, flax, you know, from hemp or linen or whatever. And, and just making fabric out of it, that's where it began. And, and to me, it's like, it's not just the weaving knowledge. They have medicinal knowledge. They have, um, they have knowledge of, you know, how to live and balance with creation yes knowledge ah, you know what i mean that's, that's How powerful kind of stuff, right give me a response yeah. right now we're not tapping into that and that's what i think you know the leaders should be tapping that's why i was so happy when you know deborah halland was um um got that position you know and mm-hmm. in, in, with, with with biden's admin so so she knows she knows yeah, she knows she knows <laughs> um, and cause we're all, we're all related. We're all related. And, yeah. and I, I don't want, um, those indigenous communities to, um, die out because a lot of them do die out or not dies in, in death, but die out culturally because they've been assimilated to whatever society we built around and we lose so much of that yeah. knowledge. It's gone. I had a Weaver, um, that I brought to London for London Sustainable Fashion Week. And she brought her and fed it fit in a suitcase. She had this little bamboo and a little log and some some other and you know a bunch of yarn and we hoisted it up like on a on a garment rack and she's there weaving, you know, as we we did a panel discussion and she also spoke. Um, I brought her to the British Museum. I've never been it's my first time in England. So, so was, you know her. So we were like little kids and we went to a um an exhibit on japan okay and i'm in this museum in london and in encased in a glass like a shop window was a mannequin dressed in traditional japanese uh bridal um uh, costume in a box with um with big beams of wood on either side. So, you know, people would carry her like a little, you know, like Cleopatra. Mm -hmm. And she stopped and she, she grabbed my arm, like super tight. I'm like, are you okay? And in her broken English, she said, I remember growing up and seeing this. I said, what you talking about, girl? (laughs) It's like, it's like you're in a in an island she comes from an island only by boat accessible by boat between the philippines and indonesia super south Mm. not nowhere near from japan at all (laughs) you know very very thousands of miles away but they have that they had that custom Mm. you know and then upon further research like months later i did see some tribes in the southern part of the philippines also still kind of practicing that you know where oh, the bride and she gives into this this kind of little box box like cabin and then the men carry her to the groom it was it was like oh my god she was right you know cool. it's like her that.
0: dna like her ancestral dna was like coming through her at that moment yes wow. it yeah. gave me
1: goosebumps when she talked about it but she lost that yeah
0: away mm-hmm. she
1: lost that knowledge and culture along the way yeah in her tribe
0: you know we're all so disconnected i feel like unless we have these types of conversations or like you know do a lot of inner work to like bring that forward and really pay homage to where we came from yes all of us yes
1: and that's and that's why in a nutshell i support the tribes and what they do like what i'm wearing right now it's like this is hand woven and this is you know tied shibori dyed by the bagobu tribe they even make these i love that you know, from, from like leftover, you know, yarns from whatever rugs or whatever the upcycle and stuff, you know, it's-
0: that's awesome. It's beautiful. You'll love this, Claire. So I do grow powerful, but I also work in clean tech, ah! So clean energy, which is oh, that's renewable right. energy. That's renewable right. energy. Yes. And we're we've been, my company has been working with the Nez Pierce tribe in uh-huh. Idaho and they We're basically, we've done, created this whole solar system. So on their, like their library, their casino, like their whole entire reservations now powered by solar, by the sun. I love that. And huge mega pack batteries. So they're totally independent from the utility company. Oh my gosh. So the utility company would cut off their power for like one to two weeks at a time. They were always the last people to get power, which is sick. So they'd be free in their homes you know without that's electricity right. that's not right that's not no right. so this this whole project has allowed them to really take back their power and take back their source of energy which is you know their connection with the sun and now they're their own utility company so they're not oh. only like getting their own their energy independent but they're creating jobs for the, their people yes. and then they're selling the energy yes. to other people so that's now amazing business that's amazing. So, you know
1: what? We have to talk. On a side note, like further, yeah. I'd love to know more. But anyway, okay. yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just had to that let you know. I get so excited about yeah, it. Yeah, one of my up.
1: friends, she's um, she's Lakota, and uh, and she always talks about you know stories about um, you know them and their, and their and their family. You know, a couple, few generations ago, you know, being stripped from their land, and they were giving barren land, but they made it work. But it's it's really it's really challenging because basically she said you know they just wanted us to die yeah you know that's not right
0: so thank you for what you do well thank you thank you congratulations (laughs) thank you thank you um and then i guess just going back to fashion that's not fast and it's really intentional for like to be honest like if you're like a young 20 year old you probably buy fast fashion you know like it takes time because it's cheap yeah it's inexpensive but I had to learn along the way um just to like buy quality pieces so they'll stay with me forever and so that's what's in my closet right now because it's like I'm sick of donating or throwing away, you know, trash clothes. Perfectly that break good or... pieces. Yeah. And then, or yeah, it's like not in style anymore. And it's kind of just yeah. like your own evolution with your fashion yeah. and how you express yourself, but like actually picking out pieces that you'll stay with for a very long time. So do you have any like advice when shopping or anything like that? Or if you could share some of your staples that you have behind you or. I will. Okay.
1: Um, I, I am actually very happy that the next coming generations, um, are, they don't care about going to the malls. They don't care going to Iraq, no matter how cheap it is that, you know, 5,000 other people would have that same top. They don't, yeah. care, about that. <laughs> they don't care. They don't care. You know? So, so many big retailers, uh, you know, so many big stores are like dropping like flies and, and we're starting to see the results of that, um, of that movement. I'm, I'm, it's not really a movement. It's not a purpose. It's just a different mindset. And I'm very excited about it. They would rather go to thrift shops mm-hmm. or their grandmother's closet, you know, oh my God, this crochet blanket is, you know, it's just collecting dust. Let me cut it up and make it into a coat. I mean, that's exciting to yeah. me. Um, and, and of course the fast fashion, they are like, Oh my God, jump at it. And then, you know, you see it at like some big retailer and it's like the mass produced version and it's like, like barf. Um, (laughs) but it doesn't, but it's not the same, you know what I mean? And I I get it because I get that price is important because obviously we're not millionaires and there's only like a certain percentage of people that can afford, you know, quote unquote, sustainable fashion. I mean, my stuff is like, you know, this dress is like a hundred something dollars, but you know, segue, let's segue into the pieces. Mm -hmm. This this is the Jasmine dress. Um, It's a, it's a shirt dress. And for those listening and not seeing it's a button down shirt dress, but in the middle of the shirt dress, there's a vertical uh, style line with buttons. So you can unbutton the bottom panel of the dress and make it into a crop top. Okay and then the sleeves right the, the sleeves are long sleeves but again there's a there's a horizontal style line that has buttons on it like a shirt right now mm-hmm. and you can unbutton it and and wear it as a short sleeve so you could wear it as a long sleeve shirt dress or a short sleeve sh- sh- <laughs> seashell seashells by the sea blah. you know so uh, <laughs> Like um, you can wear it as a, a a shirt dress with long sleeves, a shirt dress with short sleeves, a crop top with long or short sleeves. Um, and then I had an intern that um, worked with me and he was so excited about it. He like he said, Claire, I was studying for finals, but all I could think of and dream about, he was a fashion student, was how do I Um, play with where to put the buttons so that way (laughs) it becomes more of a 3D thing. And he was brilliant. He like, he put the bottom panel here and did like a cascading thing, scarf thing. It was very creative. It was very creative, very cool. So there's actually more that you could do with this shirt dress. That's a hundred something dollars. But when you break it down into four parts, it's like 50 bucks, you know? Totally. You know what I mean? Or less.
0: Yeah. Teddy Um, has that. Teddy has that dress and she loves it. She's obsessed and she always wears different hats with it. She's oh, like completes the look, you know, yeah. I'm like, she feels like a rock star every time she wears yeah. it. It's yeah. like,
1: if you can go, you can go in so many different ways. You can go Western, mm-hmm. you can go beach, you know, boho. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, it's for like sure. So many, so many things. But how this all started, this convertible shirt dressing and dresses and, and, um, and skirts. It started out one day. I was, I think, I was uh, picking my kid up for, from 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 school, and I we had to run somewhere, and we had to change or whatever, or I don't know, I, I don't remember what it was. And I was wearing one of those Columbia, Patagonia, North Face zip hiking pants. Right, you're running around, your mom, you're running around. I'm like, wow, you know, these this is this concept is so cool whoever invented it, but I want it as a fashion pad.
0: Cause somebody make it
1: oh, yeah. in it.
0: <laughs> I can do that. Wait a minute.
1: I can do a fashion pad. So that's how this whole convertible thing started. So here's, I did a, a crisp pad and our Grady pad. The Grady pad has a little bit more room on the hip area. The crisp pad is a little bit um, more like stove ish you know, straight leg, but it's the same thing. You know, you, you, you unzip the bottom, Right. And you, it can be cropped, and you unzip the the you know the the part on the thigh, and then
0: becomes Bermuda shorts in plaid, in Madras plaid. Give us more fashion pants, right? (laughs) Right? functional, function, functional. So, So then I thought, I'm like, well, if I could do this with pants,
1: you know, how can I do it on dresses, on shirts, and skirts, so that then that the that whole capsule just came to be
0: that whole entire capsule. I love it. I love it. So we're going to close out with a question that we ask everyone. Oh, well, first I want to no like maybe one or two tips i know you said um one of the first things you bought for your brand was your packaging yes which it says traditional plastics degrade between hundreds of years to a thousand years yes so you're letting the consumer know like the impact of traditional Mm
1: -hmm. plastic
0: but this bag is made out of a hundred percent compostable material Mm -hmm. reducing co2 emissions bpa-free non-toxic So anyone listening, we have a lot of entrepreneurs who listen, who are, you know, probably sparked and inspired by this conversation. So they did want to like start maybe with their packaging or something, you know, to be more sustainable, would you have any tips on where to start? Well, when, when I started out, which was only a few years
1: ago, nobody was not, not a lot of people slash, or almost nobody was doing, um compostable or you know some kind of eco-friendly sample packaging. the story of that the packaging that I'm using um it's very funny like I told you in the very beginning this I love this we're like coming full circle (laughs) um I that was my very first purchase it took me a few months to research where can I find um packaging to use for my products is I don't want to use plastic when garments come out of a factory they all have to be before it even ships out to customers and whatnot they have to be individually packed um, in plastic so when it ships it doesn't they they don't like rub against each other or gets damaged you know like buttons or whatever you know or or maybe crocking crocking is when like when fabrics rub against each other um Mm -hmm. and then you know whatever the 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 colors start, you know, fading and, and stuff like that, which happens a lot in fast fashion because the way they process things are are, you know, as cheapest as they possibly can. Um, but to, you know, to protect it, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to use traditional plastic packaging. I the the minimums for for to create compostable packaging especially for the garment industry, was like 200,000 pieces. wow. I didn't even design one thing yet. I don't need 200,000 pieces. I found um, a company who makes compostable doggy poop bags. Mm -hmm. Doggy poop bags. (laughs) I said, can you take the same material? What is it made out of? Oh, like corn, corn cornstarch, you know. Can you take the same material and make it this size? I said, and put this on it because they tested it and everything, and it complies to you know ASTM standards and this and this and that and that. I said, but I, I I need to put other stuff in there like what you just read. Like, look, depending on the type of plastic, and there's many different kinds, it takes between a few hundred years to a thousand years to biodegrade. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this one, although it's you can't just you know pop it in your backyard and bury it underneath the ground right um it you have to take it to um uh or send it to uh, an industrial composting facility to do it right although I'm kind of I need to experiment and 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 see how it performs though I kind of just for my own knowledge you know like I'm going to put a few pieces on one of my potted plants and see you know I don't know I don't know because my sister-in-law called me from overseas. And she said, Oh my gosh, I have worn your son forever. I took it out a year later. And the plastic bag is like disintegrating, you know, in a year. Right. Yeah. Which is good news. Yeah. Right. So, right. So, um, so that's my story of those bags this was from a doggy poop company. I didn't have to buy 200,000 pieces. Yeah, But if anybody out there wants one or like a, a few of them, you can put your logo and sticker and everything. I made it without any logo or stickers. So you
0: can customize it. I had to buy 50,000 pieces. So I have a few thousand pieces. Left. Yeah. That's amazing, though, because that just goes to show you, like if you have the drive to be a sustainable brand, you have to put in the work to make it change the world. Like yeah. you were not just going to buy 200,000 bags. You found a way to source it yourself. You yeah. Know, you had to put in the work it, and do is due possible. diligence. Yeah. Yeah. For real. And then they said, yeah, we can do that for you. Yeah. But it took your own like investigative skills to put that yes. in actual action.
1: Yeah. It was crazy. And, yeah. and, and when the boxes came, and, and my husband, went, you spent a few thousand dollars for dog poop bags. They said, no, 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 no. It started out as dog poop bags. like, we don't even have a dog. I said, no, 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 no. Then, you know what I mean? But yeah. it's,
0: it's a funny story. That is pretty funny. That's awesome. All right, Claire, our last question. What makes you feel the most alive? Oh,
1: my kid. And my kid taking her to the park or being with nature. And she just. She has just no holds barred, runs free, climbs trees, picks up animals, and and smells flowers. You know, like she she doesn't just smell flower from, you know, like 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 a kid in the royal family or anything. She she sticks her nose like <laughs> right in there. You know, mommy, this smells like candy. Come smell! And she pushes yeah. my head right. you know, She she has a zest for life that you know I think as we grow up we lose. And as long as we, we see it through the eyes of the children and I know you, you, you work with kids and stuff like we, we can, we can keep in touch with our humanity,
0: mm-hmm. each yes. other and the world around us. That's so beautiful. That reminds me of one of the girls in our program she went on her first sleepover oh, fuck. and she didn't, she didn't sleep at all. They were up until like 4.00 AM. And then her mom was like, why, why did you stay up so late? And she's like, I didn't want to miss a thing.
1: And oh my God. I want to cry. I'm I know. So but
0: that's, I'm envisioning your daughter, like not missing yeah. like a scent or, a, you know, like that's her personality. Yes. Anything to create yeah. a memory or be in the moment, yes. which is beautiful. Yeah. But, Claire, you're a gift to this world. Thank you so much for your time. So are you. Will you tell, thank you. Will you tell everybody where people can shop or find you online? Yes, you can
1: find us online at www.kindomshop.com and that's not kingdom with a G as in colonization, ew, but kingdom (laughs) kingdom as in K-I-N, like we're kin, we're all related K-I-N-D-O-M. Kin Dom shop. S-H-O-P Beautiful. Yes.
0: And then I will put that in the show notes. But thank you so much, Claire. And I hope everyone goes and shops. Thank we'll you. Oh, you know what? In we, their should job. A, we
1: should do a uh, we should do a discount code. Okay. Um, um, let's do because this has been fun and I know it's been hard for people with the pandemic and the gas. Let's do 50 off. Um and, huge. and 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 I'm going to do the code right now. If okay. you, if you do human H U M A N 50, you get 50 off. Select styles.
0: Do it right now. We're doing human?
1: Yeah, human H U M A N 50. Amazing. and it's gonna be the a lot of the styles like the staple styles the convertible styles the one from the tribes I can't do 50 because it's yeah. tribal handwoven stuff that's a little bit more valuable but I you know I also have afterpay where you know if you want to yeah. pay in installments and invest in one of those amazing pieces handwoven by the tribes you know that it's like sometimes 25 bucks 30 bucks split in four payments you know so it's easy easy. yes
0: amazing you heard it here everybody go to kingdomshop.com and use the code human 50 and get a new piece for your wardrobe that's sustainable and making a difference so thank you so much claire (laughs) bye Bye. (laughs) bye thanks to our guest for more information on her see the show notes Please hit subscribe if you have not already. That way a new episode is delivered directly to your feed every week.